Hello and welcome back to What's New with Mead. Today we are on, are on episode number 13 and we are talking about hopping a mead. So um, in kind of our second part, we'll, we'll, we'll really dive into how to hop a mead and what it means to hop a mead, the multiple ways, some kind of characters you can get and all that stuff. Anyways, but uh, I'm excited to be back. Of course, if you are uh, familiar with this series, I normally talk about different aspects of mead making in general, from simple stuff like how do you make a mead, choosing your yeast, all the way down to some of the crazier flavor combinations, you know, the in-depth things on how do you make a better mead, all that. Anyways, uh, I am definitely very interested in hopping a mead. Now, I I say very interested. I've done it before. In fact, what I'm holding here in my hand right now is a dry hopped mead. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can probably see my glass right now. I'm holding a glass of very hazy looking mead. This thing is slightly orange, yellowish, um, very hazy. It is a blood orange dry hopped mead that I just just finished, uh, literally just bottled it probably, I don't know, maybe an hour ago, and uh, I just had some leftover that didn't go into a bottle, and so I'm going to be enjoying that. This thing was, um, I did not intentionally plan on dry hopping it until I realized I wanted to do something more with the traditional mead I had. This base mead was a mesquite, just traditional and I have a bunch of Amoretti flavors, and I was, I was kind of asking myself what flavor would go well with a mesquite blossom honey, and I saw my blood orange flavoring, which to me has an already smoky taste to it, and I thought they would go well. Then I also realized, hey, I've got a bunch of hops, and I need to use them. So I went ahead, and after putting the uh, flavoring in, I added, basically made into like a little bit Tootsie Roll of um, a cheesecloth, about, I think it was a quarter of an ounce of um, my hops, and put them in for, it was probably a week or two, on the top of it to float around, and I ended up with a dry hopped blood orange mead. So we'll talk more about what it means to dry hop something what are some characteristics you get, all that stuff. But I'll be drinking this tonight. I am uh, I obviously picked it because I'm talking about dry hopping. So, uh, first of all, when you are considering dry hopping something, you're probably familiar with beer. And if you, uh, one, if you're a mead drinker and don't drink a lot of beer, I suggest you, you know, go try some beers because there are a vast amount of flavor profiles that we can learn from when we try beer. In fact, most of the time, or a lot of the time, people will use uh, some beer yeasts within their uh, mead making. And that's because beer yeast, for one, have a lower ABV uh, tolerance, meaning some of them only get up to, let's say, 8%. And if you are a fan of making a session mead, which is a mead that is below 8% generally, you are gonna to wanna to keep with a yeast that's a little bit lighter like that. When you start making things that are higher, 12 plus percent, um, you are in a kind of another categorical range of flavors. There are different things that pop out at that point. 
And a lot of those yeasts are wine yeasts. So there's nothing wrong with using wine yeast. There's nothing wrong with using beer yeast. But what I encourage you to do is go out and try some beers because you'll find they might influence your mead making, which would be really helpful. So we often equate uh, hops to beer. And that's because pretty much every single beer you make has hops into it has hops in it. In fact, that's kind of what makes a lot of different beer styles, like an IPA. Um, it's a very hoppy style of beer. And if you are familiar with hops, you can start to figure out which ones you like. One little thing for me, I'm not going to say at all that I know everything about hops, that I am the master of hopping things or anything like that. In fact, I, I want to say that I'm still learning quite a bit about this. So I'm just giving you my information I know right now. And um, Obviously, I, I've got a lot to learn as well. But there are a ton of different types of hops, and each different kind of hop imparts different flavors. So for example, I have four different kinds of hops here. So uh, I'm just gonna talk about each one. They're all from uh, Yakima Chief, and um, let me just run through. There's, there's this one called, here called the Simcoe brand, and first of all, with hops, they all have different flavors for one, but they have different, um, so they have on here, they have um, what's called alpha percent. So a, the alpha percent uh, kind of directly correlates to the IBU or the international bitter units of a beer. The higher the percent of the alpha, um, I believe it's called an alpha percent, it's called an, an alpha acid, I'm sorry. The higher the alpha acid percent, um, the greater your bitterness of your beer or whatever you're putting it in. So for example, on the Simcoe brand, they are very high alpha, um, their, their alpha acid percent is very high. It is 23.2% on this one. So that's pretty high compared to, like I have one here called Pink Boots 2019 blend that is 10.5%. And, um, and obviously, the higher your bitterness of your pellets, of your hops, the higher the bitterness in your mead, beer, whatever. So when you're looking at hops, that's what that means, alpha acid. It just says alpha on here. So there are some different aromas for each one of these as well. For example, the Simcoe brand here, this says aroma, passion fruit, berry, pine, earth, citrus, bubblegum, uh, typical beer styles, IPA, American pale, wheat, saison, amber. Uh, there's this Azaka hops. This one, the alpha acid percent is 11 and a half percent. And uh, the aromas on this one are mango, papaya, orange, grapefruit, lemon, piney, spice, uh, spicy, and pineapple. So it has, of course, some different beer styles. This Pink Boots has a different one. Um, and the, this one is called a Yukonot. And it has some other flavors as well. Melon, berry, lime, apple, papaya, green pepper, mango, mandarin, orange. My point is... There are a ton of different kinds of hops. This is just the tip of the iceberg because they there are different brands, there are different companies that do it. It's just a, a rabbit hole. So you can choose from a bunch of different things to add on top of your mead. And one thing I really had to consider when I made specifically this blood orange mead is what hops would work best for dry hopping this mead. Obviously, if you just throw a random hop on there that has different aromatic flavors, 
or aromatic sides to it, um, it might not pair as well with whatever you're having. For example, um, let's take this Yukonaut for, for, you know, if I were, was gonna take my Mesquite Blossom Honey, my Blood Orange Flavoring, and add this Yukonaut brand hops, it has some different aromas that could work well, possibly, but also, in my opinion, might not. For example, like Blood Orange, and melon berry, lime, apple papaya, green pepper, mango. I don't see some of those flavors pairing super well with blood orange. However, I can see something like this Azaka brand hops I'm holding, which has aromas of mango, papaya, orange, grapefruit, uh, lemon, piney, spicy, pineapple, ha that has a little more um, tropical side of it to it, pairing better with blood orange flavorings. The good news is most hops are not mega expensive and you can get a lot of mileage out of a small amount of hops. If you are making a really big batch, like let's say, I don't wanna tell you exactly how many, how much hops to put into your mead because it really depends on what you want. So I'm not gonna be telling you that today. But for my one gallon of this blood orange one that I made, I used of this entire Azaka brand hops, I probably used maybe an eighth of it, which is such a, a small amount for how much you have. So those hops go a long ways. And it really depends, of course, how hoppy do you want it. Um, within buying those hops, you uh, want to generally try and, um, if you open them and you don't use them all, to maybe put them in your fridge, do something to retain them or to... Um, keep them from losing their flavor, because if you just put them into a cupboard or something, over time, they'll lose their flavor, and that's kind of the main importance of them. Dry hopping, it can be done, well, I'll say this, hopping can be done in a couple different ways. When you're making your mead, let's say, for example, you start and you make a gallon and a half of must. Um, uh, okay, my recipe I'm gonna use is four and a half pounds of honey, um, a gallon and a half of water, and you know three grams of whatever yeast. You can, at the point of, of making that must, you can actually do what most beers do, which is put your hops into the, to the mead in the beginning and boil it. So you wanna boil for probably 15, 20 minutes with however many hops you have. Now, some people are against boiling uh, their must because there are certain flavors you lose of your honey when you boil it. That's just because there are a lot of aromatic flavors within honey, and those aromatic flavors often equate to the flavor you get in general from your mead. So I'm not the biggest fan of boiling, but you can put your hops into that beginning process and boil the honey, then add your hops into that, let that boil. You can also just take and put it in. The hop pellets will um, create a little bit of sediment. So if you do this, I highly encourage you to let it cool down for one, then rack off of that because you might have some of the, the sediment from the hops still at the bottom that you don't really want to set inside of your mead for long term. Generally, that just means that you will um, probably get too strong of a flavor if you leave the sediment at the bottom in that fermentation, especially in the primary. That's one way you can do it. Hops are these weird, 
I have a hard time explaining them. They look like little bitty rabbit, like rabbit food to me, but they dissolve within a, you know, liquid pretty well, especially if that liquid is hot. You have the option of doing that. You also have an option, if you wanna hop something, uh, you can do what we call dry hopping, which means you take, and after your mead has finished, let's say the primary fermentation, you can take your amount of hops you wanna put on, and you can put them straight in there, whether that means to actually just throw them in on top, or you could put them into like a tiny little brewing bag of some sort, which is my recommendation, because it makes them easier to get out, and put them on top of that mead. A lot of people will also take and put some marbles or something so that it pulls the whole bag down to the bottom of the container so that they are constantly submerged within that mead, therefore imparting flavor more effectively. The thing to know about using hops is that they are normally very, very strong and they impart a lot of flavor pretty quickly. So for example, I'm using my blood orange one as an example for a lot of this. And that's namely because um, I had to taste, or I had to really watch how much, um, how much, how many hops I used, or how much hops I used in the first place. But I also had to be taste testing pretty often. Um, hops are strong flavors. So when I was dry hopping this, I actually was taste testing every single day. And just really trying to see if I was picking up the progression of the hops and find the point where I felt like they imparted enough flavor without being the most prominent, most dominant force. Because obviously with this specific mead that I made, I wanted blood orange to be there and I wanted the hops to provide a specific kind of roundness of character for this. I wanted this to be kind of like a beer, but I also wanted it to be um, still a mead, if that makes any sense. Um, I am always experimenting with hops in some way, whether that be with beer making or mead making. Uh, my goal is to try and figure out and, and to master hops in some way. It's kind of a hard thing to do, and that's namely because hops are one of the more most versatile and kind of most difficult things to use. They have a bunch of different flavors, like we talked about earlier, there are a ton of different flavor profiles coming from them, so you really have to know how to pair them well with other things. But um, there are a couple ways you can dry hop. So dry hopping is the process of adding hops, in, or yeah, I'll say this. Dry hopping can also be meant for other things as well. It doesn't have to just mean hops. Sometimes you could say, I, I dry hopped with you know, a cinnamon stick, something like that. To me, and I think to a lot of people, dry hopping is more an action, a verb, than it is always a um, the exact use of hops. When you are dry hopping something, you generally are taking and putting whatever that ingredient is into the secondary or after the secondary when the mead or beer or whatever has finished fermenting. And that's uh, that will generally impart more flavor. It also, I will caution you this way, it adds some sediment and it might also add some different mouthfeel situations as well. For example, this thing, mesquite mead was a pretty 
Yeah, it was decently light. When I put that blood orange flavoring in, it changed the mouthfeel, made it a little more full-bodied. Of course, then it had esters of blood orange and, and tastes and, um, of course, smokiness and that stuff. When I added the hops in, it changed the mouthfeel again. And to me, a mead that has a lot of hops in it can feel um, not necessarily heavy, but it can feel very complex. It can have a very complex mouthfeel. Um, especially if you put a lot of hops in. Anyways, hops do add sediment. Hops change mouthfeel. They change the complexity of the mead or beer, but they do definitely do help quite a bit. So there are a lot of ways you can dry hop something. There are a lot of different things you can dry hop with. Um, specifically today, I wanted to talk about um, regular hops, not just whatever. And some people are going to say dry hopping only refers to hops, which, you know, is true. It really just depends on where you're at and how you view that term. So if you uh, have a different opinion, I understand. Please don't get angry at me. So that's kind of hopping in a nutshell. It is not necessarily something that's really hard to do. And I'm, in fact, I uh, urge you to experiment with it yourself. See if you might like dry hopping something. You never know. You might really enjoy doing it because... Um, it does add some really nice flavor profiles to things. It also is just an easy way to change your mead up. And I believe that we are always constantly looking to make better meads and maybe your mead is just missing some hop action to really push it to that next level. So if you have a, a comment or you know question about that, of course, leave me a comment below or go check out my website. You can contact me through that. But I would love to answer questions in that regard. So my last segment, I normally am discussing um, a mead failure or a mead success or both within the week. What I really want to do instead of that today is encourage you to go and check out my um, new series called Can It Be a Mead? I have started doing this. I started the series. Really, the first episode is coming out on this Monday, um, a couple days before this video comes out. And what I'm doing is I'm taking two different wheels with various flavors and various ingredients on them and spinning them both and then creating a mead from whatever they land on. And I'll go ahead and spoil the first one. Uh, I won't spoil the end result, but I'll spoil what it was. The very first episode, I landed on a grapefruit and vanilla as my two flavors. So I obviously went out, bought my uh, ingredients and put together a mead. And I, again, I'm not going to spoil the end result, but... I am going to be doing this more and more and more because I think it's very fun. It's a great challenge for me because then I'm getting, you know, put into situations where I'm trying to make something uh, out of a weird combination. I've already started episode two and that one is going to be, is a doozy. It is crazy. Um, I knew that this, starting this kind of series would prompt some weird meads, but I did not anticipate episode two already having such a weird combination of flavors. But uh, I hope you'll go check that out. So go check that out. Go check out everything else on the channel. I know this is a shorter episode of the podcast. Um, I would love to hear what you guys want to hear about on the podcast. Of course, I love getting to talk to you guys and uh, getting to hopefully explain some stuff, maybe uh, inspire you to try stuff on your own or, or whatever, but I would love to hear what you want to hear about. Um, and yeah, 
So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for watching. I hope you will rate, subscribe. If you are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those things, or if you're on YouTube, you know, just make sure to hit like and subscribe as well. So thank you. I'll see you next time with episode 14. I don't know what it'll be over yet. Leave your recommendations and I'll see you then. Cheers. Cheers.